no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. All right, it's another edition of First and Pod. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone. Every game, every team, every week. Subscribe, rate, review. If you like football, send this to someone you know who presumably also likes football. Unbelievable slate of games, Pony. Eagles, you know, it got a little closer than uh, than necessary, but I, I assume you're done campaigning for Cooper Rush. Well, I never campaigned for Rush. I just said he needed to look bad and lose before you put Dak in, that you could afford to be uh, patient with Dak. And for 30 minutes, it looked like people were dying to see Dak play, and then Cooper Rush had a 93-yard touchdown drive. But look, I mean, they, they lose in Philly. It was a respectable showing. They didn't get embarrassed. I think Rush proved that he's a competent enough backup. And I would assume now with the Lions next week at home and with the Bears next week at home after that, I think that the Cowboys will probably put Dak in and get him those two games against easier opponents before the bye. Yeah, I mean, you, you play him when he's healthy. Cooper Rush made They said he was healthy tonight. He said he was ready to go and that he gripped the ball at like 100%. So by your logic, he should have played tonight. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're just taking that at his word, but you, you're, you're going you're gonna to play that guy when he's 100% good to go. And I, under, like, I mean, we talked about it. Like Cooper Rush bought them time but he never really threatened for for the job. The NFC is so wide open, and I want to talk about that as we go throughout this podcast. Like, Dallas with Dak is scary. There, there's a chance these are the two best teams in the NFC that we saw tonight. And Philly continues to impress me, man. They're, they can do everything. And I just wanted to run this by you. When are they losing? At Indy, that's the best one I could come up with. They've got uh, bye week, Steelers at home. I think it's at Houston on a Thursday night. Yeah, and maybe it's Green Bay at home. No, then it's then it's Washington, Washington at home. at home, and then it's at Indy, and then the next week it's Green Bay and Philadelphia. After that, yeah, I think at Indy is the one that people will circle. Yeah, at Indy, then home against Green Bay, home Tennessee at the Giants, at the Bears, in Dallas um, for a 325 game on a short week, at, like just a six-day week, home against New Orleans, home against the Giants. Like if I if I set their live over-under right now at 13 and a half wins, you're taking the over, correct? Uh, mm, yes, probably, but yeah. not – I think that's a great number. I think they'll probably go like 14 and three. That would be my prediction. They'll be the number one seed in the NFC, but I don't think they're a lock to win it. Given everything that's gone on with the presumed favorites among that crop of teams, I would say they're the best. Um, And, you know, Dallas, you said, you know, they're right there. And look, they should, they were right there last year. I mean, they were a very well-rounded team last year. They were top 10 in scoring, top 10 in defense, but they shit the bed in big games. 
So were they number one in scoring? Yeah, they were actually. They were the number yeah. one scoring yeah. offense in the entire league. Yeah, uh, and they were a top ten defense. So they had all the makings of a great team last year, and then crapped themselves in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be their reputation until they prove otherwise. And you know, Philly just looks like the most complete team in the NFC. There were a lot of people like us that said Bills Eagles Super Bowl. And those people had a great Sunday. Yeah, they did. So let's let's get to the rest of the slate, and we can talk Bills here. Uh, Nance Romo, three twenty-five. Romo in the first quarter says, "This feels like a twenty-four twenty game." It goes twenty-four <laughs> twenty. So Romo, because that total looked like the easiest friggin' over bet of the year. And the I was second I it. saw that number, what was it, fifty-four and a half? I said, "What I, the hell do they know?" that we don't know about this game. So I didn't touch it, which that was my way of so – it was either an over bet or no bet for me, and I it ended up being a no bet because it just seemed too good to be true. I was I was on over 53-and-a-half from when it opened, and it just – I mean, they had, what, almost 1,000 yards? Like, it, 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 it felt like it should have been, but – Couple of turnovers inside the five to start the game for yep. both teams. That killed it for you. Just, just that, de- yeah, dead on arrival. Um, obviously, feels great for the Bills, and now they have to feel like you know that with the head-to-head win and only one team getting a bye in the AFC, that home field advantage, the rematch that would be presumed happening in Western New York, and the rest in the playoffs, like. It goes through Buffalo. It feels like, based on how Josh Allen's playing right now, a deserved front runner for MVP. He was absolutely amazing on the game-winning touchdown drive late signature moment with the hurdle. It feels like Buffalo. Like if you want to, if the Chiefs want to go back to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to win in Buffalo this year. It does after that game because when when if Buffalo's favored in LA Week One against the Super Bowl champs and then favored in this game, the expectation is that they should win every game that's left on the schedule, that there's no team regardless of where the game gets played. Would yeah. they be a favorite? Would they be favored in Philly if they played this Sunday? What would the line be in that game? Buffalo at Philly. Yeah, bu- Buffalo minus three. Two and a half? Yeah, two and, two and a half, half three. three. Right. right. So that's the expectation. But let me say this, and I know we'll get into it you know, big picture here with the other games, but I'll just put it out there now. The best thing going for the Chiefs as far as the Bills is that they've now got, and they've already lost one, they're 0-1. They've got five real division games. This is not the Patriots of the 2000s where they were like the only team in the AFC East and they got like five gimme wins, layup wins. They started 5-1, and one, probably 6-0. and oh because the rest of the division was so bad. No one in that division is under 500. And if Miami gets Tua back and gets healthy, the Jets look good. The Patriots look good all of a sudden. Like that whole situation now, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I got to hope that the Bills stub their toe against teams in the division, which is not out of the question, which all year we thought that might be the Chiefs kryptonite, the strength and depth of the AFC West. Now the AFC East looks like looks like the toughest division, Danny. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just looking at the immediacy of the schedule, Packers at home on Sunday night, at the Jets, home against the Vikings, home against the Browns in Detroit. So 
pretty soft next five for for it's for back loaded with division games. Correct, correct. But they can they they can certainly b- build a decent lead right now. I mean, I I obviously want the rematch because like we've all been kind of waiting for it to be Mahomes and Herbert in that division as the 10-year rivalry of the future, and maybe it still will be, but the Chargers are just snake bit. The the Peyton-Brady rivalry of this generation is very clearly Mahomes and Allen. Allen is every bit the player Mahomes is. He just is. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but in terms of physical talent, like wow moments, things that make 30 fan bases jealous, Yeah, it's it's those two guys. So until proven otherwise, I want to see that game in January. But Chiefs got to do something about that offensive line, man. They've tried so many different combinations the last couple of years. Like it, it's not as bad as it was obviously against the in the Super Bowl with all the backups against Tampa. But Mahomes is just he's just to gain you know 10, 12 yards like relatively normal like routine plays for for that offense. Yeah. It feels like he has to work at such a high degree of difficulty. It, it, well, it, I also don't think he has as good of a team around him total. You know, if the Chiefs are going to beat can't it beat Buffalo, it's going to be because Mahomes outplays Allen, Reed out coaches McDermott, and you know, Buffalo just like last year succumbs to the pressure of the the situation because across the board, Buffalo Von Miller. You get him, he gets two big plays in this game, two sacks, and that's the whole point of making that deal. Their wide receivers, their weapons are so much better than Kansas City outside of Kelsey, obviously. I mean, look at, like, Poyer, do you under, this story is so bizarre to me. So Poyer, rib injury, prevents him from flying. So the Bills bought him, like, a Mercedes-Benz SUV, SUV and drove him from Buffalo to Kansas City. If the dude can't get cleared to fly, how the <laughs> fuck does he get cleared to play in a football game, dude? I just I does that like people know. were reporting that and leaving out the obvious question, which is how does a doctor let you play football but not get in an airplane? <laughs> right. Dude, flying's dangerous. Fly fly flying's very dangerous activity. You know that. You're a ner- you're a nervous flyer. Uh I have no idea. I have, I have no idea how that happens. They they are just they seem better, and the the Chiefs are hurt, obviously. But like it's a uh, there's a gap right now. Like the, we we talked about, should Mahomes have been an underdog at home? Uh, disrespect all of that stuff. They were right. Yeah. Like they, the the market has been right on Buffalo all year long, and I think that that's going to continue for a while. So now there's a drop-off in terms of games, but not in terms of storylines. Like, another, if you're still alive in a survivor pool right now through week six. Yeah, you've gone contrarian pretty much every week. Yeah, you are. against the grain. Yeah, you're an absolute wizard right now. So let's let's dive right in. Packers-Jets is where I think we should go next. So are the Jets going to get the respect that I feel like they're due? nationally for three straight wins or is it just very clearly the bigger story is the team that lost and now that the Packers have lost back-to-back to the Giants and the Jets well they're not even going to get it in their hometown they're not even going to get it in New York because not only do the Jets almost always play second fiddle to the Giants they're even pushed further down because the Yankees are still playing yeah 
Like I will anticipate my buddy Giannotti, he'll go on the air with Boomer when this podcast comes out Monday morning and they'll talk about game five and the week. I mean, that's, it's one of the few cities in America where the baseball team still moves the needle that much. Like I've got good friends that work in Cleveland. I bet they'll talk about the Browns loss more than they will the baseball game on Monday. You know, yeah. it's just most, I don't, I, I don't know what it's like in Chicago for you, Danny. I mean, the Cubs are obviously a huge story always, but if the White Sox were going to play an elimination game on Monday and the Bears had lost a big game, what would you talk about more? Talk about both, but what would you talk about more? Yeah, I would lead. I would lead Bears. Yeah, I would lead Bears. Um, you know, yeah, so the Jets aren't even going to get it in their hometown, is my point. So I don't think they're going to get it nationally. Yeah, no, it, it, you're you're a hundred percent right. But like, man, they deserve it. We were on this in the AFC preview pod that their roster's good. That they're that we were on it. That their roster's good, and we but we didn't really do anything actionable with it. I don't think you have a Jets. No, win because total their quarterback, over. I didn't trust. Right, me neither. But dude's a player. He is, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like they, they had, he hasn't figured it out yet with like chemistry with, with all of the skill guys. I saw that, uh, was it Wilson was on Twitter after the game talking about having zero targets and Garrett like, Wilson did. I think it was Garrett Wilson or who's the other receiver. Um, it there's was more, there's Wilson, there's Corey Davis. It was Wilson. It was Wilson. Okay. It was Wilson. Uh, he was like, I don't know why I had zero targets or whatever the case was, but like, but he's like, but I'm going to be a good teammate, but I was upset, but we're winning, but <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it either. Like he literally like talked out of both sides of his mouth twice at each direction in 280 characters. But I mean, Packers blow out against the Dolphins, Steelers, three straight wins, winning record, feeling good about their roster, feeling good about their quarterback. Like the Jets – if they won't get it in New York, they deserve it right here on one SD ampersand pod. But now to the Packers, dude, like they suck. This stat blew my mind. They have 107 points this year. That's the fewest points in any six game stretch of Aaron Rodgers' career. Well, we should have seen it come in with the Adams subtraction. And then the other thing is their line is constantly injured. It's never healthy. Bakhtiari started the year dinged up. Their big left tackle, they pay so much money to. I think the last two weeks, he can say whatever the fuck he wants when he goes on McAfee's show. The thumb has to be bothering him because there's no other logical explanation for how bad he's played since the start of the second half against the, um, well, he did it on a Hail Mary play, right? Yeah. By that right? That's okay. Yeah. So he has not played well since then. But the thing that would piss me off the most as a Packers fan is all this talk about this this two-headed monster of our of our run game. And we're letting the Jets come in with Hall and what's the other guy's name? Carter. Yeah. And they're doing ex- they're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. Well, that's Wilson thing, but- didn't play a great game. He did she just handed the ball off to Brees Hall and Michael Carter. I well, that's the thing. The- the Packers' defense, dude, they they brought back Campbell. They have Jair Alexander, who, like I would have said before the season, was a top three cornerback in the NFL. Uh, Rashawn, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. Like, they have players, and they just play this, like, soft zone and just drop and just get picked apart, nickel and dimed, yeah. six-yard runs. Like, their defense was supposed to be good. They, they were supposed to be able to run the ball. They can't. They were supposed to have a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, they do in reputation, but not in production. 
They Their defense doesn't stop anybody. None of the young receivers have taken a step. Cobb got hurt. Like they, yeah. what, do, what do they do well? They, no, they were supposed to have Aaron Rodgers. I guess right now with the other things going wrong, Aaron Rodgers is supposed to lift everybody up, rising tide, Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think he's healthy. I think that thumb is a major issue. Yeah, I mean, it It must be. We, we talked about it last week. Maybe it's a buy low time on them if we still are super anti-Vikings. But, man, it just... No, I'm not buying them right now. I'm staying away from it. I'm yeah, me too. On, I'm not buying Packers stock. Yeah, me either. It, it, it didn't, just like the Giants game, it did not feel fluky. Nothing about that game felt fluky. So, I, I wouldn't buy it either. But I don't think Minnesota's good. I don't think anyone in the NFC really other than Philly is good. But, all right, your game. Pittsburgh-Tampa, huge upset. You want to apologize to Mitch Trubisky now, or are you going to wait for 2 o'clock? No, no, I won't do it on my show either. I'll give the guy – I'm happy for him because of the way he played and he didn't turtle and he didn't get gun-shy or he didn't get scared by his own shadow when he came off the bench and he made huge third-down plays, threw a touchdown pass, all that stuff, but – the, the the big story more than anything else in this game is that Brady, now everybody else is really, I said, I've been saying for months, like the guy shouldn't be playing football anymore. And Fox was just murdering him for going to the craft wedding and Sean Payton and Bradshaw before the game and during, and during halftime were like, I just, he would never do that. If anything, I could see him skipping like a family member's wedding during football season. You know? Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. He he skipped he a was not committed. He He's not, flew he, in by himself. Like he short hopped balls early in the game. He missed receivers. He did the like over the top, I'm gonna curse out my offensive lineman when it's really my fault. Like yeah. it's just Danny, I know you have the Saints and you don't think that you know that they're viable right now because they're losing streak. But I still kind of – I'll buy action into that ticket if you want me to. Like, I, I just – I don't see it with Tampa. It's a three-team division because Carolina's completely out of it. But, dude, I'm not – I don't I don't know if it's a slam dunk he finishes the year. I don't think that that's 100% that he finishes the season. I don't think it's 100% either. Um, there's obviously a lot going on. And he's clearly not 100% committed to football. And the sideline act is so sickening (laughs) how it gets talked about for him as like the ultimate competitor, the will to win, add on another episode to the man in the arena documentary. It's just, it's grotesque. But if it's a young quarterback who doesn't have seven Super Bowls and God forbid it be like a young black quarterback, it's like, Oh my God, like get, get this guy out of here. He's a terrible leader. It's just, it's such a gross double standard. Well, I had somebody say to me, if it's not a big deal, like I had someone in, in local media here, we were arguing this tonight. It's not a big deal that he went there. And I said, okay, then why wasn't Belichick there? Why wasn't Belichick at the craft wedding? Why weren't current Patriots players there? It was all retired guys and one person who I think very clearly right now probably wants to be retired too. Yeah. He 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 wants to do the the remember when Roger Clemens came back yeah. in the in the in the middle of the season because he was just like, eh, fuck spring training. 
I think he wanted to be, I think he wanted to play for the Dolphins this year and the Flores thing ruined it. Yeah, clearly. And by the way, he's right. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a, that's a better situation (laughs) to to be playing football uh, than the one, than the one in Tampa. But I mean, just, just another minute here on your Steelers, buddy. Devin Bush breaks up the two-point conversion. Mitch Trubisky has the big moment. Claypool has his best game of the season. Like yeah. all the guys that you've been killing. Right. <laughs> like oh, it was, it was the, great. The, yeah. My, the, my trolls had a great day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like the the, the, the pony clapback game. <laughs> like, That's exactly right, dude. The Steelers defense comes up big and like holds Brady and the Bucks to under. Hey, that's 20. their first win without Watt. They were 0 and 8 without him. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, like, I'm not saying you were yeah. wrong to call those guys out. No, it's they, just funny that they all collectively wanted to give me the middle finger. Yeah, it's like, just like it's just like checking it off. One <laughs> Pony's gone at that guy. Pony's gone at that guy. Yeah. Oh God, it was so good. Um, all right, I I want to talk about this game, but I think we can also broaden this one a little bit to talk NFC here. So the Falcons are undefeated against the spread. And I think a lot of people would have said that the Niners, obviously not currently because they're healthy, were the second best team in the NFC. And Atlanta wins outright, and it's basically a wire-to-wire win, and it didn't look like it was a struggle for them in any way. And again, caveat of Niners not being healthy. But are we at the point where the NFC in games not involving Philadelphia is just a coin flip conference? I don't see much of a gap between the second or third best team and the 15th or 16th best team in this conference? Well, it's a 14-team middle. You've got Philadelphia alone at the top. You've got Carolina alone at the bottom. And then you've got the other 14 teams in between. Yeah. You know, and I guess Detroit at one and four, Washington with Wentz, your team are like the, the, the bottom tier. But these then, teams, the, the Bears, like the Bears, are a perfect example. The Bears could be five and one. They're not good. Sure. We know they're bad. Yeah. But other than Green Bay, they've been in every game yeah. in the fourth quarter. One a three point win against yeah. Houston, monsoon game against the Niners, and then every loss is one possession. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know Brian Dable and Nick Sirianni are going to get talked about the most for Coach of the Year, but I think Arthur Smith here. They lose yeah. Patterson, who does everything for them offensively, and they run the ball on the best defensive team in the NFL, and they do it with guys that no one has ever heard of today. It's Mariota, it's Algier, it's Huntley. I mean, these are, you know, this guy is a is a schemer, has to get a lot of credit. He's got a mobile quarterback, but he's not very good, and they want to run the ball and not ask their quarterback to throw it a ton and. It worked against a great defensive team today. Even without Nick Bosa, San Francisco was still one of the best. And and you're right. I mean, it was not – they won comfortably. They did not yeah. have to sweat that game today. No, it was it was, it was was just like a jarring – because we've been talking about how soft the NFC is. And I obviously, I agree with you. Like, those teams there – there are teams that are better or worse. There are teams that would be favored. I'm not saying it would be pick-ems ac- across the board. But, like, if you factored in – the spread and just the the narrow margin of like the teams that have good records but that we don't think are really good like the Giants or the Vikings 
and then the teams that are bad but could have good records because these games are just so damn flimsy like the bears like the falcons whatever it's just it's a it's a wide open conference of mediocrity and i'd feel like if i was an eagles fan right now i'd be thinking about flights to arizona like i i'd be thinking about Am I more interested in spending money on going to the NFC Championship game at home or <laughs> flying to Arizona for the Super Bowl? And I'd be budgeting for it. it it's just they, they feel like they are so clearly better than everyone else. It's just a it's a wild situation six weeks into the season to feel like none of those other teams have much of a ceiling. It's kind of crazy. Giants Ravens next game. This is speaking of crazy. I was giving Lamar the MVP through you know three weeks you shocked by this bad stretch he hasn't had a 200 yard passing or he was 210 today 174 last week 144 three weeks ago against the bills he hasn't had more than 210 passing yards in three weeks yeah so in the context of how he started the season i'm surprised but i i'm not in terms of what i expected out of him this year and also the human element of what's going on with him you know, you've said a lot about how he wants to really roll the dice and he's comfortable in doing that. But I think there's a lot of pressure on him, not only because of the money that isn't guaranteed to him yet, but the Ravens just have not, other than Andrews, done a good enough job of giving him help in their offense. I mean, Dobbins, Drake scores the touchdown today. So it's running back by committee. There's no real weapon there. Bateman isn't healthy. Duvernay turns a, a return man turns into their next best wide receiver. Their defense isn't what it used to be. So, you know, what happens now there, Danny, is he turns the ball over and makes a mistake and the defense can't bail him out like it used to. So, and that way, I mean, last year before he got hurt, he had 16 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. He was not having a good year. Yeah. He looks, he just looks so good early. And I mean, everything you said is right. And we've been talking about that, about how he has to be Superman and do the whole thing. Like, is J.K. Dobbins, what, guy had seven carries for 15 yards. Like, no one there can help Lamar Jackson. I go back to the offseason. They should have traded for A.J. Brown. Like, they do, do something for this guy. Well, I think the underrated story there is that their offense now is not what it was when they won the AFC regular season a few years ago. That was a true right. option-style offense. This offense has evolved because as a passer, Lamar Jackson has gotten better. But the problem there is that I don't know if he's improved enough of a passer to, you know, like, it's taken, I think, too much away from the... It's not like you say about with Russell Wilson where the running is non-existent. But I still think it's swung too far into he's a good passing quarterback, so let's ask him to throw the ball as much as he is, man. I mean, he had 77 rushing yards today. Yeah, but look at how many many carries, Danny. Seven. That's not enough for him, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, no, fair enough. Um, The guy's unbelievably productive when he does. That pick was just bad, though. Like, yeah, he picked up the ball and just threw it. I mean, that was not... To a fullback. Yeah. 
Like, like it, you know, it wasn't even like, oh, I'll throw it up to Andrews and let him make a play, and the other team made a play. Like that—that that was a zero percent chance throw when 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 he made it. You, you mentioned Dayball, um, and and coach of the year, like. Daniel Jones's numbers weren't great, but they were efficient, which is just something that we're basically able to say now week in and week out. And we know what he did and had a huge hand in doing for Josh Allen and Josh Allen's thriving without him. So it's not like he's the only reason for it. But is this like, are we QB whisperer? Are we, are we, are we, are we looking at a, a court or quarterback maximizer is, is that is that what we're looking at here mm. well he's he's shaved the negative plays out of jones's game so like the brutal fumbles the horrible interceptions yeah in that respect dable has i think made a positive impact on the guy but not to the point where i think it's a situation like in tennessee with ryan Tannehill, where you think now like let's give the guy a contract extension I'm not, no, I'm, not even, I'm no, not even I'm, saying that. No, I'm not even saying that. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, for this year, like, I think he's brought out the best in Daniel Jones, and it would excite a Giants fan to, like, what is this guy going to be when he gets to work with a really good quarterback? Yeah, you know, I think that's the other side of it. Um, that was more what I mean. Like, 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 the thing that I always say about Andy Reid is that guy has, like, you could list, like, legitimately, like, five or six quarterbacks who had their best year with him. Yep. Kevin Cobb, Jeff Garcia, Mike Vick, Alex Smith, Donovan McNabb, obviously Mahomes. Like, that's a wide range of talents. You know, like, he's that's why he's a Hall of Famer. Whatever you give him at quarterback, he will get the best out of that quarterback. And obviously it's early, but no one saw this coming for Daniel Jones. In the NFC pod preview before the season – we would have said that they had a bottom three quarterback situation in the entire league. Yeah, we didn't like it at all, and nobody did. And yeah. and I'm and again, I'm not obviously I'm not saying pay him and the numbers passing are not spectacular, but if he can do this with Daniel Jones, I'd be very interested in what he could do with with a high level prospect. And he's looking like the best coaching hire of, of the last cycle. So, Giants fans have to be happy. What's our next game? Miami and Minnesota. Another one of these ridiculous. What? Dude, how did Miami lose that game? Well, here's the real question I need answered from that game today on that and along those lines. Can you explain to me how Bridgewater and Tua have cleared protocol? Bridgewater to the point where he's the backup quarterback. And all it took was Skylar Thompson to get hurt for Bridgewater to go in and play. So why wouldn't you just had Bridgewater start the game? They said that Skylar Thompson had a great week of practice and he got Fuck that. If that's true, then this coach is an idiot. Dude, did you see his Friday press conference where he went up there and he like banged on the... the he the, went right back to that, I'm your best buddy. I'm the funny kid in class. He, he like banged I'm on the, the lecture. He like, he's like, I have an idea. Let's talk about the... The Minnesota Vikings, da, 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 da. like he's just it was like so sick of talking about the concussion protocol. And then the first question was like, "Are Tua or Teddy close right. to exiting the protocol?" Like, so I I think it literally was just that they didn't get out of the protocol until late in the week. He had a good week of practice, blah blah. blah. But of course, it you can't it's tell a rookie seventh round pick. 
Right. You can't tell me that he's better than Teddy Bridgewater. I agree. Yeah. Com- completely. I, I don't know if he's spooked by all of the, the noise around what happened. First time head coach caught a ton of flack. People were accusing him of like endangering Tua. You know, so I, I, I don't know why he did it. You'd have to be inside his own head. But it, it was it was very strange. But dude, just they had four hundred and I know I have here. They had four hundred and fifty eight yards of offense against two thirty four. I know they had turnovers. Uh, I just and I penalties. wonder. Yeah, and penalties, a ton of penalties. I just wonder if there's now an unwritten rule in the NFL where if you go into concussion protocol, you don't play the next game unless it's an emergency situation. That's kind of what it feels like to me right now. Yeah, I mean, yes, I I agree. I think we're still like a little early into this in the the new points of emphasis world, but yeah, it, it absolutely feels like like that's where we're at. Um, Minnesota, is is there anything that they can do to make us believe in them in the NFC? Because well, win games when you're not at your best and compile a good record, and then if everything comes together. But we saw them against Philly. Yeah, I know. That's the one that but that but that's a situation now looking back on it before we people thought Philly was good, but not last undefeated team good. I think I think in retrospect that loss in the way they lost doesn't seem as bad, but it's just the Kirk Cousins big game prime time sees ghosts aspect of that game that's impossible for me. To a completely shake. What Danny, you- I almost made a bet about our next game before kickoff, and then it went dark on FanDuel. And I think it's back now, but the odds have changed. So you could have gotten Seattle at 18 to 1 to make the playoffs before kickoff today. They were one of the bottom five teams in the NFL to make the playoffs before games kicked off this afternoon. And I had a good feeling that they were going to win in Arizona. And Arizona was like maybe two to one or three to one. And I just was like, I don't see that giant gap between these two teams. And Seattle wins ugly 19-9. Kenneth Walker plays well. Arizona, same old story. Offensively, just they can't put it together. Field goal early and then nothing the rest of the game. Their only points came off a blocked punt. And it's like Seattle's three and three, but... They've got a lot of weapons on offense and they've got a defensive head coach who might be able to coach up that side of the ball. I could see them making the playoffs as the, as the third wild card. So, so could I 18 to one is, is crazy. And I, I bet them with, they the were down there with Houston. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That would have been a very, very good bet. And if you ever see 18 to one bets that you like, can I, can I get a text? <laughs> can I, can I get a text on the side, please? That's just, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be that. Just give me a look. Um, the, I mean, the Geno thing is a great story, and Seattle continues to be a great story. But, dude, Arizona needs to fire Cliff Kingsbury. You, that, it's an unacceptable offensive performance because you can't fire Kyler because you gave him a quarter of a billion dollars. Taysom Hill and the Saints with injured wide receivers put up 40 on Seattle, right? On a huge number. Uh, Goff with injured yeah. receivers. 48-45. Put up, yeah. Put, yeah, put up a huge number on them. Three offensive points against that defense? 
that someone has to pay the price. He's got one. I think his, I think what's what Kingsbury has now to fall back on at least for one more week is Hopkins. So he'll Three come back. And, I the, know the I, Lions I, did it without St. Brown. I agree with you. But the, Hopkins, the Saints did it without. Um, was that the game they didn't have Olave? I know they didn't have him this week, or that he got hurt in. I don't like, think Michael Thomas played in that game. That was the game without Michael Thomas. Okay, like so. so what, what are we talking about? I'm just saying Hopkins will come back the next game, and I think at that point any excuse for them offensively is gone. It's over. It's done. And then I think that's where the rubber meets the road. He either has he's got like a one or two. If they were a real franchise, which they're really not because the Bidwells are just one of the worst ownership groups in the league. Right. Um, then this would be, he'd have like a one or two game trial with Hopkins in there. And if it doesn't turn around, see you at the halfway point. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't. And th- I mean, I like Seattle, but I like Seattle in a shootout. Yeah. I never in a million years would have said Arizona team total. I think that was a total that was in the fifties too today. That was one of yeah, the highest, second fifth, highest total. Yeah. 50 and a half. Just a a mind-boggling Vegas cleaned the F up today, dude. The I only thing that helped the public was the Bills and uh well actually even the even there though, the Chiefs and Cowboys were popular underdogs. Yeah, no, Vegas Vegas had a very good day. Um I did not. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being honest. Hey Danny. Did, were we clairvoyant about the Bailey Zappi situation with New England? 1,000%, dude. Mac Jones is going to be the first guy into the facility with coffee and donuts. He's going to be sucking up so hard. Like I'm surprised he wasn't the Patriot that went up and offered that game ball to Belichick for Ty and Hallis. Yeah. Did you see that? Incredible. Who is that Jamoke that tried to give him the ball? It, it had to have been like the long snapper, right? That was just like the one coach where you know you can't do shit like that. This guy's like, I'm going to go give him the game ball. Belichick looked like he had never seen a football. <laughs> that's, that's how he responded to that ridiculous moment. It was incredible. Uh, <laughs> But, but dude, ba- Bailey Zappi, he can he can play a little bit. And are you willing to apologize to Bill Belichick for saying that he's you know like his yes. demise, man, o- overstated? They look good. Yes. I have to say that now that the Browns should be like the barometer on something like that, and they also beat the Lions the week before, so they've gone against you know the last. You know, this century's doormat franchises the last two weeks. but Dominant wins, though. But here's why today I give him credit. Miles Garrett was on the other side. Cleveland has dudes on defense. They don't play to their talent, but they've got players. And he's like, screw it. I don't care that he's a fourth-round pick. They think we're going to try to run the ball like last week, and I'm going to have him go out there and air it out. And that's what they did. They threw the ball. Stevenson didn't get going until later in this game. They came out offensively and said, we're going to trust our rookie fourth-round pick to beat the Browns on the road with his arm. And he did. And he was and way better than Brissett, not even close. It wasn't close. And, and I know some of this was game script, but I, and I just follow it close because I've got the 11-to-1 ticket on Chubb to lead the league in rushing. But, like, 
the most cliche thing everyone says about Belichick is like he takes away what you do best. Yeah, and 12 carries. Good. 12 carries, 56 yards. Just – and again, I know a lot of it was game script. New England was winning the whole time or whatever. But like taking – Nick, no one has taken out Nick Chubb from a game this year. Mm-hmm. And Belichick does, and they hang 38 on him uh, with, with Bailey Zappi. So, yeah, that – some, that guy has not really forgot how to coach. Um, this was our Big 12 NFL game of the week that I love. Bengals, Saints. All right, you're Dennis Allen, Pony. What do you do at quarterback going forward here when Dalton does not have a good showing, James is supposedly healthy, and Taysom Hill is clearly a playmaker but not a quarterback? So I probably have Dalton. I'm not going to need a lot of points to beat the Cardinals. From the right, short week, short short week against Arizona on Thursday night. Yeah, so I would play Dalton probably in the Thursday game, and then the rest of the year would be Jameis's. I give his back one more week. You know about back injuries. I don't want to do it on a short week with almost no practice time, and then I give the guy extra time. And look, they could be two and five after that game, but honestly, if Jameis is healthy and they missed all of their wide receivers today, and they still scored all those points, Olave was out. Landry was out. Thomas is out. Man, I think they're, I, without looking at their schedule, they're, they might be a great buy low team in the second half. Because they have been competitive. You talk about those teams that have lost coin flips. Yeah. They're right. doing that's that another, every friggin' week, man. Yeah. So their losses are 10 points to Tampa, 8 points to Carolina. That's a terrible loss. Yep. 3 to Minnesota at home. And then four today to Cincy. Their next four in Arizona, home against Vegas, home against Baltimore in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's not. I mean, obviously. They got to get all the guys out there on offense. They got to have a complete offense. They got to have all yeah. three of those receivers, Kamara, Hill, and Winston. Kamara looks good, by the way. Kamara yeah. looks, looks healthy. Well, then, if those guys all get healthy, they can rattle off five or six wins in a row. That would not shock me. Yeah, you, yeah. If they, if they beat Arizona and then have extra time for, for Vegas, right, have 10 days before Vegas at home and get back to 500 and get healthy, you feel good about it. I would just – I mean, Kamara looks so good to me. I'd, I'd, I'd be worried about the idea of Jameis not being able to get running backs involved in the passing game. Like, it just seems like it's just not something he's ever been able to do in, in his career. And Dalton, he's yeah, but you're not going anywhere with Dalton. You got. No, I know, I know, no, I know, I know. But like, you you have to try Jameis for the ceiling. But I worry that you just completely neuter uh, Camara. When, and when, Chase went back to being old 2021 Chase today. He was great in that game. So that's the first time we've seen him since Week One. That's a big development for Cincinnati. All right, the Jags, Danny. You you fucking hate this team because <laughs> I do. I really they do. won two games. One of them was against a Herbert when the rib injury was at its worst, and then after that game, there was a rush to say they're the sleeper of the year in the team. Everybody needs to be mindful of, and since then they haven't won another game. And today they let Matt Ryan throw it almost sixty times to beat him, and barely touched him. By the way, dude. What 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 would you have laid if I would have told you that Matt Ryan was going to have a 389-yard passing game, 
three touchdowns, zero interceptions, with zero sacks. He'd been sacked 21 times through five games. No run game to speak of either because Taylor and Hines were out. 100 to 1? Yeah, because I would have looked at it and been like, those Jacksonville rushers are just going to tee off all day. Right, right. I mean, it, I, I legitimately think 350-plus with three touchdowns, no turnovers, no sacks, I think for him that would be that would legitimately be 100 to 1 based on what we saw in the first five weeks. I, I would have to go back and watch that game uh, obviously far more closely than we did because of where it ranked in terms of important yeah. games for us today. But – if the Colts offensive line was really that good, then okay, Ryan needed five or six games to get comfortable playing there, to get on the same page with his weapons. Taylor gets healthy. And, you know, there's your AFC South champs pretty much. They'll limp in at like nine and eight or ten and seven or something like that. They have the but tie. Yeah. That offensive, yeah, with the tie. But that offensive line, that's been their bugaboo all year. And it was supposed to be good. Maybe it clicked for, I mean, the talent's there with the line. Maybe it just clicked for them today, Danny. I read, I read like just the game story because same thing. I saw the box score and I was like, that it, it that makes absolutely no sense. And Reich said he's like, I'm just like mixed in an occasional run because Matt was just so hot, like he was just on fire. <laughs> like, I didn't know that that was possible for for <laughs> Matt. Uh, but Alec Pierce also the second round pick had the great touchdown catch late. That, that guy's going to be a player, man. Well, if he is, then they do have a shot at turning their season around. It was, um, it was a beautiful route. I have a question about Rams and Panthers for you. Okay. Off of the game that was largely unwatchable and going up against Bills, um, Bills Chiefs. So, Robbie Anderson pretty much gets kicked off the team mid-game. He gets Correct. into a fight with a wide receivers coach in Carolina. Then their interim coach, Steve Wilkes, is like, just leave. We don't want you on the sideline anymore. Like kind of like Antonio Brown last year against the Jets. Yeah. So this is this is a cross country situation. That game was in LA. Does Robbie Anderson get on the team bus and go back to the airport and get on the private jet with them? Or is he like, is he gone and in an Uber and flying back on his own or even just chilling at like, what do you think happened to him? You, you just think he went to Koi in L.A.? I just don't. Like, how does after he gets kicked off the sideline, how does he just fucking grab his Chick-fil-A? Or I guess it's Sunday. You can't. But how does he grab his takeout tray of food and just get on the plane and go back with them? I mean, I assume uh, I, I assume he was kicked out of the game. I don't think he was kicked off the team. By Steve Wilkes. So just like treat it like you were ejected from the game and you're a little embarrassed. But like, you're not ejected by the reps. Your coach is like, you're such an asshole. We don't want you fucking around. I know. You, you ever fake a phone call? Like, oh, hey, yeah, no, let me get and back. And he to just you. sneaks onto the board. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, like the coaches are up there in business class. I don't know, know, man. Yeah. I, I think he's just stranded there and flies back on his own and is basically a free agent now. Well, he'll get cut, you'd think. I don't know. Well, the, I mean, just, they they want to trade him, right? They want to they want to trade whoever they can trade. Which, who wants to trade for him after a situation like well, that? Why that would you was, give them anything? That was what I was thinking. I'm thinking if you're the general manager and you're like, "Hey, dummy, interim coach, Wilkes, what are you doing? 
You're submarining my, my guy's value here. I'm trying to get a conditional sixth round pick for a yeah. deep shot from a contender. But so the report was that they're getting a ton of calls for for McCaffrey, who had 158 yards from scrimmage today. Then there was one report that was like multiple first round picks, which is just ridiculous. Obviously, no that's, way. Not that's not right. happening. No, of course. But would you like if you're a contender? And your second round pick is going to be somewhere from, you know, the 55th to 64th pick in the draft. Would you, would you do that trade if you're Carolina? In a heartbeat. Right. But don't you think that's the price? Yeah, I think that's an easy deal to make. I agree. I I think both sides come out of that looking good. I agree. Like if, you know, like just go like going through the teams, you know that like but I think Buffalo makes a ton of sense to 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 do that trade. I don't like that deal for them. I would not do that if I were them, because I just think if you do that, then it gets in your head. We got to keep McCaffrey involved. We got to make McCaffrey a part of our offense, and I just don't want to midstream with a first-year offensive coordinator put that kind of pressure on what they're doing right now. I don't. I would not trust them to seamlessly add him to that offense. I think that that actually might do more harm than good. I would not mess with it if I'm them. I don't think it's worth it. Baltimore? Yes. Yes. Right? Yep. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, th- I'm trying to think about it like, you know – Philly. But they're so weird about their draft picks, I bet they won't do that. But, so, but like Philly's running the ball so well, they probably don't think they need him. Nope. Giants don't need him because of Saquon. Nope. Cowboys don't think they need him. Minnesota has Delvin Cook. They're out. Green right. Bay's got too many running backs as it is. Tampa? Fournette's their best player, right? Or right. most. I mean, he's not. I'm not looking for an upgrade over him. San Fran. That's a great one. Right? That's yeah. a that's a really good one. Get Kyle Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, because right now it's Elijah Mitchell on IR and Jeff Wilson's fumbling the ball today and it's getting picked up and going the other way for a touchdown. Yeah. And they've done aggressive things. They traded for Emmanuel Sanders. I like that deal. Or I think or, that that's a good one. Or the Rams. But let Ram- me Yes, or the Rams. Rams. Trade, Rams trade picks all the time. And Acres is they, gone. They want out of there. So, but here's San Francisco's problem. Do they, they don't really have the picks to trade to do something like this because of the land situation. They gave up their picks. I mean, do they have this year's second? Like, if they they do, if they want to do the the Rams less Sneed, like f them picks. Just like I, I don't know. Like, I, McCaffrey's the perfect player to be traded in season to a contender. Yep. Because it, he should be able to make any team better. Like I, I hear what you're saying with Buffalo; it's a compelling point because their offense is just so damn good. But it, it, he feels like the exact type of player that should fit on any team. Every team has a running back screen package. Every team likes to dump the ball off to the running back. Every team can handle. How ball about off. Miami? I mean, they made so many. Like I know they won't do it, but but Edmonds and um, Edmonds and Mostert are giving them nothing. I know they they but they just added both those guys this offseason. Right. So that that feels like too many resources for 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 running back for for one team. 
Um, hey, yeah. last one here on the Monday nighter before we wrap up. Now the Chargers look at it like if we beat Denver, which we should, we're tied record-wise with the Chiefs six games in, which they would have signed in blood for before the season started. But to me, the most interesting part of this game, Danny, has got to be how does Russell Wilson re- respond from that shoulder injection that he got? Are we going to see maybe it's a placebo effect with him even where it's like, all right, this gives me the peace of mind that my body's better and I trust myself to make more throws. I don't know. That's just, you brought that up. Like maybe if it's physical with him, it's easier for him to overcome the mental thing. So now that he's admitted that he has a problem and he's gotten treated for it, we'll see. On, we'll see yeah, on Monday, I, but I think it's the best thing that's happened to them with him that this might be the problem. Oh, I, I mean, I agree. That's what I said when I saw the news. I was like, if, if I was a Broncos fan after four games, you were panicked that your next five years were sunk because of your coach hire and your quarterback contracts, given the guaranteed money at his age and the cap hits. Mm-hmm. It, was un, it was unmovable. But if you can say to yourself, oh, he was hurt on his throwing shoulder. Okay. Of course that would stop him from being mobile and – holding the ball to take an extra hit and throw the ball downfield with accuracy. You know, it shouldn't explain the reading of the defenses and the mistakes, but maybe that's new system, new receivers. Like, you know, like you could probably start doing some mental gymnastics. So I'm, I'm with you, uh, but I don't expect them to win. Like I'll, I'll be one game late to that party as opposed to one game early. I, I think, I think Her- Herbert at this point, even with the injury is just, so many cuts. Yeah, this is a big trust game for me with the Chargers because they've won two in a row now. Yeah, Can they get it rolling? This has usually been the point with the Chargers over the last couple of years or even few years where they stub their toe. And so I've got trust issues with them. And if I'm a Denver fan, I would rather lose this game, say 38 to 35, than win the game 13-10. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. Do we get a I'd rather cast? come out of this game feeling better about the quarterback? They got to do a Manning cast. He's got to talk about his trip to uh, Knoxville. He's got to share stories about how he loves the Broncos and has a yeah. weird relationship with the Colts now because of it. I want to get into all that stuff on the Manning cast. Yeah, this is a good Manning cast game. This is a very good Manning cast game. Uh, you think they get Phillip Rivers on there? I hope so. That'd be They that'd should. Be- yeah, that'd be really good. That'd be really good. Uh, Von is the Miller version of swearing? Yeah, he's a weirdo. <laughs> he's His 15 a, kids? <laughs> you have this Little League baseball team of a family? <laughs> oh, man. All right, dude. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you to Spencer Ray. Tune in to Andrew Filipponi, Pittsburgh. I do the same thing in Chicago. We'll talk to you after, what, Saints and Cardinals looking ahead to uh, to week yep. seven. Cool. Bye, man. Peace, dude. See ya. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.